Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today is my co-host, Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are we doing today? We're doing well, Matt. I'm ready to do some review of the Pacific Division today. So that is where we're headed for today. We are going to break down the teams five through eight in the Pacific Division. We're going to grade some decisions that they made and and give them a or sorry, we're going to give them a grade for how they did this season, breaking down what they did, what they didn't do, that kind of stuff, what expectations were going into the year, and how they either failed or succeeded in those things. So. We're going to get it started. We're going to start at the bottom. So we're going to start with Anaheim. So Kyle, why don't you kick us off with this one and tell us what you got. Yeah, it was a it was a tough season for the Ducks. I had a lot of expectations coming into the season for them. I mean, year prior, you look back and the emergence of uh, Trevor Zegers, Troy Terry, they just, they looked like they were ready to maybe take that next step. And yeah, they had a really, really, a very tough season. Um, Going back to July 1st, they signed Frank, Frank Petrano to a three-year deal, Ryan Strome to a five-year deal, and John Klingberg to a one-year, which I didn't really have much hope for Klingberg to really bring them much more than what they already had. But when they signed Ryan Strome, I was really pumped for that deal because mm-hmm. I thought he's going to help just solidify their center position a little bit because if anything, that's where they were kind of showing a little weakness, especially with Zegers and Terry being young, Terry shifting back and forth. But... Um, they're, I mean, Zegers ended up being their leading scorer last year with 23 goals, 42 assists, 65 points. And I mean, that's a good season for him, but he was also like minus 25 or something crazy, which is just unacceptable. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of controversial things that happened throughout the season too. For, <laughs> I mean, I love his game. I love his cockiness. I love his edge, but he, he's got to be careful, especially when your team is as bad as they were. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, they've had a very tough season. Uh, I mean, 58 points is just, <laughs> that's tough. 23 wins, 43 losses, 12 overtime losses. And yeah, I could go on and on about how bad they are, but I'll let you shove your opinion in because I don't, there's not really much more to say about how bad of a season they really had. Yeah, I mean... 65 points as your leading scorer is just not getting it done. It's just not. You need more than that. You need your top point guy should be in the 80s minimum at the minimum. But that shows why in part they struggled so much. I mean the goaltending also killed them too. I mean, I I'm a big John Gibson fan. I think he's a great goaltender. I think he is much better than people think he is because he's been on a crappy team for a long time. But it just he didn't get it done, and they just were. With who they had there, they should have been better. And that was like, I, I also have written down the Vetrano and Strom things because to me, those were moves that you make when you're ready to take the next step, not when you're going to turn around and be the worst team in the league, you know, or second worst team in the league. So it just didn't make sense to me that they were as bad as they were because with bringing in those guys. And I think the Klingberg deal was kind of one of those things where they were in a position where they had the cap space. They looked at it going, we know we're not going to make the playoffs this year. We might as well bring him in and then try and flip up the deadline, which makes sense. That's what you want to do. <clears throat> but I don't think that – so that one I don't I don't think was a bad decision. I think that was a good one. And then they just – I don't know. They just uh, – they didn't make it – they didn't do anything with the trades too. And like that's the thing to me looking at their trade deadline. Like they had a couple accusation, acquisitions and then acquisitions. 
and then a couple people that they are letting walk through UFA. Like, why aren't you trading Kevin Shattenkirk? Like, that was the big one to me. I mean, he had to have people calling about him. They had to. And I think they got what they could get for Klingberg. I don't think that that was necessarily a bad trade, but it was just that I don't think that that was what they needed. I think they needed picks more than prospects. And I don't think that that was – it kind of is what it is, but it just wasn't a huge, huge thing to me. And then, you know, like looking at just how the team played, I just – it wasn't good. Like they just, and I don't know if some of that was the coaching, some of that was a roster. I mean, obviously they fired their coach. So I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, having the second pick will help a lot. I mean, to me, it's got to be Adam Fantilli. That's got to be who they're picking. And I think he's going to help a lot. I got the opportunity to watch him live this year and he is going to be a great piece to build around. Great piece. And that also gives them the opportunity to, look at potentially moving one of their other younger guys and or they i mean because even still i mean you have in your top six you'll have terry zegris mason mctavish and pantilli and who am i missing there's another young guy there i should have written this down but no that's fine Anyway, but still, I mean, that's a that's a incredibly young top six. And you thinking Max Jones? Mm, no, because Jones is probably going to be more of a third liner. I thought there was one more. I thought they had one more for. Oh, maybe it was Isaac Lundestrom. That's who I was thinking. Oh, yeah. But even still, like that's and it's just yeah that that's a team that I don't know. Breaking down their their year, looking at it, it's, it wasn't good. Like they shouldn't have been this bad. They really shouldn't have. Which is why, to me, I'm giving them a, a C grade when it comes down to it because they shouldn't. They should have been better than they were. And sure, there were some things that they couldn't control, but I felt like they should have been better for the moves that they made and the things that they did. They should have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I had a C trade written until I saw this one stat. And their goals for 206 goals, goals against 335. They had a minus 129 goal differential, and that brought them down a full grade to me because that is just embarrassing. That is unbelievable. You cannot have that bad of a goal differential and win in this league. I mean, you brought John Gibson up earlier, and I'm a big John Gibson fan too. I mean, but he had 14 wins in 53 games played this year. 14 and 39, eight overtime losses. I mean, that's just not good enough. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know what's kind of impressive, though? Because he did that. He still had a .899 save percentage, which it's not good. Yeah. But on that team, that's still kind of impressive. And to me, that shows that he is a solid goaltender and when you're facing what he faces night in and night out you're going to lose a lot of games and you're going to let in a lot of goals but I I originally did have him at a C until I saw that and I'm like that is just <laughs> that's unacceptable yep um, one point I do want to make because I had high expectations for them coming into this season one player I did forget about was Brian Getzlaff retiring yeah. and I think his losing him in that locker room and losing his just ability to 
you know, when Zeger is acting up a little bit, you know, grab him and be like, kid, shut up. Yeah. They, they did not have that veteran leadership in that locker room. I mean, other than Silverberg and uh, Adam Henrique, like, it was a pretty young team. So they didn't have that, like I said, they didn't have that guy to grab him, just stop him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And you look at their defense, and like you said, I 100% agree on that Shattenkirk one. There's no way teams weren't offering up third round picks, fourth round picks, like, or even if you offered that to them, like, there's no way they're turning that down. So yeah, I ended up giving them a D. So yeah, I don't. <laughs> I did not realize that the goal differential was that bad. I knew they got outscored like crazy, but that's yeah, I completely agree. That's got to drop them a grade, which I should have done. Looked a little bit more into the. To the numbers on that one, but I didn't. But yeah. one, one trade that I mean, it, it's not much, but and we'll talk about this on a further episode because Pittsburgh was a big mess. But the fact that they pulled off Brock McGinn in a third round pick for Dmitry Kolokov was that's a good return for a guy that you brought in for future considerations back in I think it was like right before the season started. Yeah. So I mean, you got him for free, had his services for you know fifty eight games or whatever, and then traded them for a, a potential, you know, your potential third line winger and a third round pick is that's a steal. But again, we'll talk, that wasn't really as much as Anaheim's trade as <laughs> it was what we're going to talk about for Pittsburgh one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Good old Pittsburgh. Shout out to Shane. <laughs> we, we don't need yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to love hearing that. Oh, man. But, all right, let's keep moving. So next up is San Jose, so I'll take that one first. So I think heading into the season, it was kind of, we're going to suck this year. I think that everybody knew that and everybody was okay with that. Maybe not okay with it, but I think there was just an acceptance there from from San Jose fans of, we gotta we got to go tear down before we can go back up. And they have some bad contracts. That unfortunately, until some of those contracts are gone, they're just not going to be contenders. But with that, I think that one of the things that I was really impressed with was looking through who they signed and what money they spent. And they spent like zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Like they they signed a handful of people to like to entry level contracts or stuff like that. They didn't go after any free agents. They didn't sign anybody. To me, that's that was a sign that Mike Greer is is aware of what they're doing. And he didn't go spend money where he didn't need to, and he didn't. He kind of let the guys that were in already in the system come out instead of trying to bring other guys in for on cheap contracts or whatever. Even to just flip them at the deadline, he didn't do that, which I think was smart because then you kind of really know what you're up against. Um, I also think that they had a couple good trades. I think that the the trade for Meyer was a good. I think they got good value for him for what. The, unfortunately, because Greer didn't sign the contract, so he didn't have much to do with the whole how how his contract will work after post the contract and all that stuff. That's still a little fuzzy to me. But with that, with him being an RFA, with him coming off of the of the year that he's had, I think they got a good return. I really do, and I think that it was one that was a good hockey trade for sure. And it's not like he fleeced them, but he really got a good return. And then I also think the the 
Brent Burns trade was good. Getting that contract, you know, most of the contract off the book, I think was good. It also, for Burns, it gives him an opportunity to go after Cop 2 one last time, you know, or maybe two more times. And that was a good move to give somebody who's given your organization a lot to not make this a thing about him, but to say about his contract or anything like that, but say, hey, listen, we're... We're in a position where we need to move you and we're going to send you to a contender. We're going to get you on a team. We're going to do what's best for you. And I think that they did that and that was really good. So I like that. Um, the other thing that I think was, was awesome is 101 points for Carlson. First defenseman with 100 points since Bobby Orr. Or was it? Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey, that's right. Get my my... Older defensemen yeah. confused, but which is I think great. It was it was really cool to see Carlson come back to life and really just be that dominant. I also think for them, man, it has, it makes him tradable. Like it really does. And I think if they can trade him this all season, and, and I think that let make anybody making eleven million dollars, the trade value is going to be hard anyway because it's just it's so hard to trade that much money. But I think that they're going to get a decent return for him. And it's not they're not going to have to eat salary for it. Or if they do eat salary, they're going to get a really good return, which maybe is what they do. But I think that that was huge for them to be able to do that. So, and then, yeah, I mean, they, you know, it, it's, it sucks that they sucked. But unfortunately, it's part of what happens. And then, you know, they moved up to that fourth overall pick in a very deep draft. Very deep. And that's going to be an interesting... It's going to be interesting to see who they end up selecting because there's a there's a decent I mean that to me that like two to five is a little bit blurry where I think somebody could somebody could reach somebody could fall stuff like that I mean there's all kinds of people thinking that Mitchell's going to get picked in the top five personally I don't think he's going to but I don't I think for the Sharks that could be somebody they could be interested in grabbing because if they have to wait three years for him they don't really care because it's going to be three years of three more years of building and and I think at that point I think. I think that Vlasic's contract's up in three years. I'm not 100% sure on that one. So, yeah. So, to me, um, I went through and I gave him a B plus because I think that they did a lot of good things this year. I think that with what they had and with what they were up against, I think they did pretty good with, with all that stuff. So, that's why. Yeah. No, I completely agree with pretty much everything you said. The Brett Burns deal. I mean, there was people talking uh, before that deal happened, like, it's going to be the Marc-Andre Fleury, Max Pacioretty thing where, like, we need to give you something to take him. Yep. And I said that they, when they made that deal, I'm like, I don't even care if they're mid-level AHL prospects. He got something in return and some picks. That was very impressive work by him. Um, the, uh, the trade that I guess is being talked about right now, and it's unfortunate, it's one of those things, you know, you're going to look back and like looking back, nobody even batted an eye at it. But seeing Aiden Hill starting the Stanley Cup Finals, they traded him for a fourth round pick back yeah. at the beginning of the year. Hey, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not yep. saying I, that had zero impact on the grade. I mean, everybody he wouldn't even be on Vegas if uh, Thompson didn't get hurt and Brassois was already hurt. Like he wouldn't even be there. So, I mean, that's just a shout out to Hill more than anything. Um, yeah, I, I realistically, I mean, they the only player they signed, but they traded for his rights was Oscar Lindblom, mm. and 
that's just a good player to have on your team. Yep. It's not they didn't give anything up for him. If any, the late round pick, if anything. Uh, um, he was bought out. Well, he bought out. Flatter he was bought out. So yep. they did bring him in as UFA. Yep. I thought they traded right. for his rights or whatever, but yeah. No, nah, Fletcher was like, ah, eh, we'll buy out him. We'll buy him out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Why? Why not? Why? Yeah. So I mean, he didn't even like beat cancer or anything, so it's fine. <laughs> he doesn't deserve a chance here. Um, uh, yeah, so they did that deal. The one I missed. Oh, the Luke Cunning ad. I like that ad a lot. It's yep. just, again, it's nothing big, it's nothing huge. But like when you're rebuilding team, those are the type of guys you need on your roster, and you take a chance on them. Maybe he takes off. Uh, I do want to jump back to Carlson because obviously what he did this year was amazing, and you shouted Shane out earlier, so I'm going to throw something out again, and he's going to be mad at me when I bring this up. But <laughs> At the beginning of the year for fantasy, I needed a defenseman desperately because I had a bunch of injuries, and he needed a bench winger, so I offered him Oliver Bjorkstrand for Eric Carlson straight up. Oh, which now mind you, at the beginning of the year wasn't a bad deal. Oh, yep, no, it wasn't because Bjorkstrand was supposed to take off in Seattle, and Carlson was just you know he coming off with like no points, <laughs> so he's gonna be mad at me for bringing that up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they ended up. Like, we were just talking about Anaheim. I mean, Anaheim had 58 points this year. I mean, San Jose, who's clearly not even close to the level of Anaheim, still ended up with 60 points. So they ended up having more points than Anaheim, which is great. Goal differential, minus 82. It's unacceptable. That's not good. But at the same time, like, Carlson went off offensively, which is great. But he was still, I don't have it in front of me exactly, but he was still, like, minus 20-something. <laughs> like, he was going for goals and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, they're rebuilding. No expectations. I thought Mike Greer had a great rookie GM season. Yeah. Uh, at goaltending, I mean, James Reimer had the most games played for them at 43. We all know James Reimer's not their guy for the future. So he just had a normal James Reimer type of season 12 wins, 21 losses. 890 save percentage, 3.48 goals against average. Not good, but it's James Reimer, so it's not like it's not like they're expecting him to do anything more than that anyway, so I don't really care about that that much. So I ended up giving them a B minus, so we're pretty close on that. Same thing, no expectations. I thought as an organization though, they kind of took a step forward. Mike Greer's got a lot to work with with uh, Doug Wilson, I almost said Doug Armstrong. Like, I know that's not it. <laughs> Doug Wilson's, uh, like the Hurdle contract, which just still just doesn't make any sense. Yep. I mean, we all know Thomas Hurdle's a good player, but the amount of value you could have gotten in return for him instead of just signing him to an eight-year deal is just didn't make any sense then. It still won't. But Mike is dealing with all that stuff. So the fact that he even got Burns out, like we said earlier, I, I mean, he's going to – if he doesn't trade Carlson, I'll be surprised – He's going to get something in return for him, too, which is great. So, yeah, I gave him a, a B-, and I think they're heading in the right direction for a little bit here. I mean, it might take them a few years. I agree with the draft um, analysis. I could not think of that word. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid word. Brain. Um, because... They can draft someone and it doesn't matter. They don't want them to play next year. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I actually, I really like where the Sharks are heading, and I'm looking forward to them getting back because the playoffs are a lot better when the Sharks are in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm interested because they have, they have, Eric Carlson's got four more years, but I think he's going to get traded this all season. And then Vlasic does have three more years. But then after that, you have Katura signed for four more years. I think they could trade him if they really wanted to. And then Hurdle. Hurdle's it. He's the big one, which I think is that's the one thing that I think if it's really killing them is is that double hit for the two of those guys. And I don't think that you're gonna I think it's gonna be the same thing that well which I'll talk about shortly with Vancouver, is like the JT Miller thing where it's like probably wasn't the best decision to sign him to that contract, but hey, here we are. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to pick out which I forgot about was the Henry Thrun acquisition. Which I think that was a good, good deal for them. I think he's going to be a very underrated prospect, but I think that I believe he wasn't willing to sign in Anaheim, and so the so Anaheim had to trade him, and San Jose hopped up on it, and they got him for a third round pick. Okay. And getting to watch him play in World Juniors and stuff, he's a solid player. So I'm interested to see how that ends up working out for them. And then you were correct; it was a negative. 26 for Carlson with 101 points. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That's but wild. Wild. But again, like he was going for his numbers, though. To, I mean, the team can't complain about that whatsoever because he brought value that he hasn't had in, what, three years? So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with Logan Couture because, I mean, 8 million cap hit, that's a little high for him at 34. But, I mean, he definitely brings a lot to the table, no doubt. And, yeah, if you could take – I could definitely see them taking 50% of that and really bringing value back in return for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be – and a $4 million living return. That's what I mean. Like, That's... if you can add him to your roster for $4 million, I'd give up a – it depends, depends on the team, but, like, I would definitely – and he does have a – Modified no trade clause too, which I mean, I guess it doesn't really mean he will be traded, but yeah. at least you could it, you could definitely um, explore it. Yeah, which I'm sure that there's conversations happening, and I, I mean, I can't imagine that Kater just like it's like, oh, I I want to be here through a really rough rebuild. Like he probably wants to go play and be in you know in in the run for Stanley Cup, but oh yes. So moving forward, we're moving on. So we're headed to Vancouver. So for Roberto Longo's alumni. So Kyle, kick us off. What do we got for, for Vancouver? Oh gosh, where do we start? I mean, they're definitely one of those teams that um, I feel like they have the same season every year. <laughs> we start, we end the year after the trade deadline. We go on a crazy run, almost sneak in the playoffs start the next year off and you start off like you go into Christmas and the new year like 30 points out of the playoffs and it's like and then all of a sudden you know you finish the year with 12 points out of the playoffs like that they're uh they're they're so disappointing every year you're always expecting them to take that next step and then they just don't uh but like realistically their offseason last year like they didn't do as much like I thought I'd when I was looking through this, I thought they did more, and they really didn't. So, I mean, they brought in Carlos Lazar, a three-year deal, and 
Ilya Mikheyev at a four-year deal, which is good for your depth and everything. They ended up trading Curtis Lazar to Jersey at the deadline. Um, signing JT Miller. I mean, Kuzmenko is a, definitely a, an, an excellent ad. That kid's going to be... Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a big-time player for them. I mean, he is only signed for two more years after this, so that contract's going to be big once that hits, assuming he continues what he brought. Uh, their, their trades... They, uh, I, there were some trades where I'm like, oh, that's great. And then there's some trades where I'm just like, oof. Like, <laughs> trading Michael DPH out of Boston for Jax Danica. It's like, I get it. It's a risk. Danica has showed some signs, but he never really brought what they wanted. Like, um, Jason Dickinson to Chicago for Riley. No, Jason Dickinson and a second to Chicago for Riley Stillman. Um, and then you ended up trading Stillman for Josh Bloom. So I don't really fully understand what, what I don't know. It, it's it's Vancouver, though. They it, It's just what they do, you know. It's, <laughs> it's hard to explain them. And then when it comes to the, the performance level, I mean, like, Elias Pedersen had an excellent year. I mean, that kid's just, I feel like. He's just he's your guy. I mean, he's free agent next year, so that'll be after this year. He's gonna be an RFA, and he's going to get paid, <laughs> which makes the JT Miller contract to me even more confusing. Like you weren't looking ahead to that. It's like you forgot that that's coming up. So, I mean, he had 39 goals. He almost hit 40, 63 assists, 102 points. I mean, he had a great season. With the whole coaching situation too, just you could just tell like. They held off on Boudreaux for so long, and then in the end, like it felt like they screwed him over because they just kept holding off, holding off, holding off, and then they fire him, bring in Tockett. He's going to save the day. Well, then, like I said, they went on a little winning streak, but then it just leveled out, and mm-hmm. they never got it back again. So, I mean, in the end, though, when you really like look at their team, when I was going through them and everything, their goaltending was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was Bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, Demko playing 32 games, 14 wins, 14 losses, four overtime losses. I mean, 901 save percentage, 316 goals against average. Spencer Martin was 11 wins, 15 losses, four OT losses, 871 save percentage, 3.99 goals against. You're you're not winning with that. I mean, I think it's a mix. I don't want to. I don't want to just put it on the goaltending. Because I think defensively, they have no help. It's not even really just the defenseman itself, just the teams. Like, the team itself, just there's just nothing there. Like, they're just very, I don't know. I just have no hope for Vancouver to ever, ever become a team that is going to scare me. Especially, I don't even want to say with this core. I, just, I don't even know what it is. They're one of those, they're similar to Toronto in my eyes where it's just like, I don't know what if I was taken over. I don't know what I would do with this team. I really have no answer for them, which is very concerning. Because, I mean, what do you what do you do? I mean, like you traded Horvat, which was a they got good return for him. I mean, he had he was doing great offensively for him. I mean, they got I thought they did well in that deal, but I I don't know. I just don't. See See where they're heading. I mean, I know we t- kind of talked about Horvat on the last 
show. Like, what did you think about that trade? Did you like the value? Did you not? I mean, where do you think they're heading off of? Because that deal was big when he was their captain. He was, he was the guy they were voting around, and they traded him. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he's? Do you think that deal is going to really change their franchise around? I think that that was the biggest flop. In they should have traded JT Miller last year. They decided to sign him and keep him, which means that they had to trade Horvat. That was so stupid. You, how do you ever take Miller over Horvat? Ever, ever. And that should have been the conversation with Miller of, we will not give you this money. If you want to stay here, you have to take less because we have to sign Horvat and Horvat's more important than you. No offense, but it's just what it is. So they should have done that. They didn't, and instead they signed Miller. And I think that Miller is is that Toronto type player where you just don't like, yeah, he puts up points, but he's okay. But then he hurts your team as much as he helps your team. And, and you don't really get anything out of him. Well, I mean, we haven't hardly seen him in the playoffs because they don't make the playoffs. But I think that if you break down the trade for just a trade, they got a lot of value out of it. They traded the 43rd overall pick in this year's draft, Horvat, and what they got back was Anthony Bovillier, who had more points in Vancouver than Horvat had in the Islanders. They got Aturati, one of the quote-unquote steals from his draft year because he got drafted so late and he's looking like a stud. They got Phil Peronik, and they got a 105th overall pick. So... To me, I think that that was a that was a really they really did a good job with that trade, but it's one of those things where that is a trade that should not have happened because he's the guy. It should have been Pedersen, him, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser. Those are the guys that uh, is there else? and um, Demko. Those are the guys that you should be building around because you have in the. Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, center, one-two punch. You have that. You have the high-end offense in Pettersson, but you also have the two-way understanding the, the the defensive side of the puck in Horvat. You need both, which is why Toronto won a playoff series this year because they had O'Reilly. They had that guy, finally. And J2 Miller is not that. And so I think that that trade was was bad. It, it, I'm sorry. If... If you because you can't go back and because uh, the GM took over for this year, correct? Or was he there last year? Did he? No. Okay. He, he, was, he signed that deal. Jim Rutherford, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure he signed that deal. I believe that's uh, Patrick Alvin. Oh, that's right. Rutherford's the president. Uh, but yeah, Alvin, he was. January of 22. Yeah, so he would have signed. Yep, he did sign him. See, that was just okay. So yeah, I really it was Rutherford and Alvin were brought in. Oh, I mean, Rutherford brought in Alvin. Actually, um, okay, that wasn't his first contract signed, but it was the first big one. And nope, sorry, he he signed Bessers too. But yeah, that was bad. That was so bad. Just, so, yeah, which is why, to me, I think that that it wasn't... It's, it's what is this team's identity? 
And that's the thing that I just don't think they have. And it's the same thing that you said about where do you even start from here? And I, I don't know. Because you have so many guys on such big contracts, you don't you don't really have any prospect pool. You don't like you've traded a lot of away a lot of prospects, and I don't know how you possibly write the ship without tearing everything down to the bones and just trying to start over. And that's something that I don't I don't I don't think that this is necessarily the GM to do that. Then if the, I mean he got him into this mess, but I don't think he's the one that's going to get him out. And so. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's there's there's some other stuff that definitely went into them struggling. I mean, we talked about the gold the gold tending, and that just doesn't work. I mean, it also didn't help that Demko went to play thirty two games this year. But you also have Ekman Larson put up twenty two points this year, and it was a negative twenty four. That's just awful. That trade was so bad, and it looks it's looking worse and worse and worse every single season. And it's just, which is why, I mean, I mean, I would love to see the NHL give each team a compliance buyout because of the, the, like, with everything going on with the salary cap and all that stuff, it would be great to see one, each team get, get a complacent buyout. And I, it's got to be him all day long. And uh, that would be so, I think that would, that would give them the option to correct the ship if they could buy him out and not have the captain for it. But that, I mean, and then also I got a, I mean, Besser struggled this year too, which I want to give him a little bit of grace. I mean, you know, it's just it, some personal struggles with him and that stuff happens and unfortunately, and that leads to some struggles. And so I don't want to call him out, but I, and I'm, which is why I hope he gets traded. And I hope he gets traded somewhere closer to home too. So that way, I think that unfortunately with everything that's transpired the last couple of years. I think that you're going to see some American players wanting to be in America versus being in the Canadian cities. And just because it's just, it's getting kind of hard traveling, traveling as much. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade him to see someone. Actually, I hope they do because I'd love to see him get a fresh start somewhere. Cause I love him. I think he's a great player, but uh, that, that didn't help them either. And then the coach shuffle, I mean, Holding, if they would have just, as soon as they started struggling, if they would have just fired Brudrow and moved on, and whether they've been talking at that point or not, I think that that would have been better for them. Or and and also that's the other thing. I mean, you talk, you hit on it about you know they do this where they, you know, they suck for a while and then they they start playing well and then it's like just suck and get that top three pick, you know, whatever and that will help you, you know, like that will help you a lot. Instead, they do this murky middle dance thing. And now it's like, you know, where are they picking 12 or 13, something like that. And so it's like, which they, I mean, they'll still get a good player there, but that's not going to be a franchise changer. Whereas if you're picking in the top five, that's a franchise, you know, even a six, seven, you know, like, I mean, obviously I'm hoping that the seventh pick is just an absolute stud, but you know, we'll see. Um, but like, to me, it's just one of those things where all that stuff just didn't – it just didn't play in. So, which is why, I mean, I have it written down as a B-, minus, but I think I, that should be harder. I think it should be a, a C or maybe even a C-, minus, just because I was thinking that when I wrote this down that the GM, the current GM didn't sign Miller's contract. So, with that understanding now, I would say that I would give them a C. So, and actually, I honestly, I'd give them a C- minus because it's just – that's just that one decision to sign Miller, I think killed this core chance of a cup. Mm-hmm. I think it did. And not to 
crap on Miller as much as it's just with what was with what they needed and what they had. It just was it was just terrible asset management. It was. No, absolutely was. I mean, I'm just looking through their roster right now, or their line combinations. Like, if if you showed me this lineup and said, like, build this team to win, I feel like I could do it, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I mean by that. Because you're looking at, you know, your first line. I mean, assuming this is up to date with how they finished the season, but which I'm assuming they were kind of throwing guys in to see how they would do in certain situations, but their first line of Pedersen, JT Miller, and Phil G- Giuseppe. Second line, Andre Kuzmenko, Sheldon Drys, Connor Garland. Third line, Dakota Joshua, Neil Zaman, and Brock Besser. Fourth line, Jackson or Anthony Bavillier, Jackson Nika, Aiden McDonough. That doesn't sound that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, go through and read San Jose's lineup. That's bad. Yeah. Like, that's not that bad of a lineup. Like, I would just instantly go, like, all right, find another center, which isn't easy. I'm making this sound really easy. Yeah. But go find, like, a second-line center. And left wingers, that's top-notch. That's top-notch right there. That's high-level left wingers right there. Right wingers, not too bad either. Maybe find one more depth right winger. Maybe one more center, like, third third or fourth-line center. That, that lineup's fixed. I mean, defensively, yeah, you got some work there. But it's not that bad. Not as bad as they play. No, yeah. It just doesn't feel like they, they. They just don't seem like. I'm always. I'm always wanting more from them every single year and consistent more. Not for a week. Not for a month. For a full season. So, I gave them a D plus. Yeah. I was. I. I don't know how. I I had expectations for them too. Not maybe not like honestly. I think I had Anaheim higher. I wasn't thinking they were gonna kill it, but they should be in the playoffs. Yeah, they really should be in the playoffs. Yeah. They're a better team than Winnipeg has mm-hmm. roster wise. I feel like the team, I feel like management has put together a better roster than like Winnipeg, and they cannot figure this out. So yeah, I gave them D plus. I guess the only trade I was I liked was bringing in Ethan Bear, just give him a chance. But again, he's not going to. He's not going to make your team make the playoffs or win you a Stanley Cup or anything. But he definitely brings something to the table, and they gave him a fifth-round pick for him. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on Vancouver. Just terrible season for him. And, I mean, since the Sedins have retired, has there been a good season for him? I mean, I guess they made the playoffs the COVID year, the bubble year. They were there and gave Vegas a run for their money, but other than that, at Vancouver's just they're disappointing every year. Yeah. And I don't see that changing for the foreseeable future. And to end on that very grim note, sorry to Vancouver fans, but we're gonna transition over to Calgary, which is another fun team to play. So yeah, I look at this team and I just look at the just the numbers that are just like yikes. I mean you have a couple of people that I noted was Ladar had an 895 save percentage. Markstrom had an 892 save percentage. Huberdeau went from 115 points to 55 points. And Magni Piney went from 35 goals to 17. 
that just is not it. That is not it. And so that's something to me that I think that you got to put onus on, on management for some things, but you also got to put man, um, onus on the players. And I think that Calgary's players cost them this year. I don't look at this and say, management didn't put a team together. Management didn't do this. Management didn't do that. I don't look at it like that. I look at it going, these guys sucked. And to not to mince words, they sucked. And that cost them the year. And it's unfortunate because this Calgary team, I mean, you go and you make the big trade. You make the big trade, which I know that Calgary's hands were tied in the trade, but at the same rate, I still feel like it was one of those that was that was a tough situation, which I think that looking at it at the time of the trade, I thought they got more than what they should have. Now looking at it, it's hard because Matthew Chuck is playing so well that it's like, did they really get enough for him? And I'm not sure that they did, quite frankly. But it's just a lot of the things that just didn't it just didn't happen. And I mean, you're looking your top points guys, Tyler DeFoley was sixty three points. That's not it. That's not getting it done. I mean, they had one 30-goal player, which was Toffoli. That's it. Nazem Kadri, 56 points, but negative 19. He's supposed to be your top guy. Like, he's supposed to be your, or, well, your top acquisition. And Mikhail Backlund had the same amount of points as him. And I, Backlund's fantastic. I cannot wait to see where he, if they trade him, if they decide to trade him, how well he'll do in a new, in a, in a, different market because he's such a good player. I love the way he plays. He, him and Kadri should not have the same amount of points. Kadri should have easily a lot more than that and to be making as much money as he's making. But, and that's, some of it's on the players, but also, and this is where I'm going to give them a little bit of grace. I don't think that Daryl Sutter is a current NHL coach. I just don't think that the current NHL players fit into the way that he coaches. I think he was a great coach and he'll go down as one of the best in history, but I think his time has come and I think it is just time to hang him well, to hang up the clipboard and just admit that your style just doesn't work with current NHL players and just be, you know, hey, it happens. Unfortunately, it's just part of the game. And he did well, but it's done. And which in some sense to the the light at the end of the tunnel with this is I think with a different coach, this could all look very differently. Because they don't have a lot to do this offseason. Like, there's not a lot that they're people they got to sign, stuff like that. So, we'll see. Um, I think the other thing that hurt them was they didn't have Shillington the whole year, which he took the season off for personal reasons. Um, not didn't Couldn't quite find out what exactly had happened, but, you know, hey, stuff happens. And, and having him back next year will be big. I also think that they're going to have to make a trade or two and figure out a couple things. But... I do think with a new coach behind the bench, it will look differently anyway. And I'm interested. I mean, we had kind of talked about, you know, like a couple of potentials and Peter Laviolette there would make a lot of sense. And I would love to see Kadri and Huberto and Magni Piney to fully under a Laviolette type of coach. And even a Rasmus Anderson, because, you know, he's somebody that I think could put up 70, 80 points. But yeah, it's... It is what it is. It's you know it's a tough one. I didn't have any. I mean the Kadri contract was was big and it wasn't great, but it wasn't this horrible thing. They didn't have a lot of terrible trades, and yeah, and then the team play was just awful. So my grading for them is a C minus. I think that that this is a team that should have 
absolutely should have should have absolutely been in the playoffs and they weren't and yeah so we'll see what happens but uh but yeah that's what that's what I have for him yeah no I'm pretty much on board with everything you said there uh just revisiting the Matthew Kachuk trade I mean it's easy to sit here right now and say they didn't get enough and I completely agree with you but I can honestly say like not many people were saying uh, Florida won that deal. They were all like, what the heck are they doing? Like you're trading this 100-point forward, your second-parent defenseman, sometimes first-parent defenseman, and a first-round pick for one guy. And we were all like, I mean, I was, I'll admit mm-hmm. it. I'm like, I wasn't as crazy because, like, I know what Matthew Chuck brings to the table, but I'm like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> they couldn't even get, like, a third-round pick with him. Like, they literally just got Kachuk for all of that. Like, that's nuts. So, I still think that deal is going to work out just fine for them. Right mm-hmm. now, it's obviously not looking good. I mean, it has to, right? They don't have a choice. Huberto's got to get that back. And... It's a new team. I mean, you brought up Daryl Sutter. You got to give these guys a, another year before we can really judge this deal too much, in my opinion, because I just think it's it's too early. And recency bias shows what Matthew Chuck brings to the table, but we haven't really seen what Huberto really can bring. Like it was unacceptable how he played last year, and I get that. But if he has Laviolette as his coach, to just say that name, you know he's going to get. Like possibly even double the amount of points he had this year. Um, we know how hard Daryl Sutter is on his players about defensive structure and everything. So if he has a coach that just kind of lets him go a little bit, I'm going to be really curious to see how he plays. Um, so I'm going to pump the brakes on that deal a little bit and give Calgary the benefit of the doubt because you had a player, you had two players, two superstar players that went, I don't want to be here anymore. And you got, and you were able to pull off Huberto, Uyghur, and a first for it, you got you got value. You mm-hmm. got something. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's tough as a GM to have to handle that. You know, two guys, two American players, like you said, that are American players are starting to leave Canada a little bit. So it's a part of it. It's part of the business. And as a business decision, I think Trelin got the deal he could have gotten. And unfortunately, he got fired for this, which I don't fully agree with, don't fully understand. Like, from a management position, what else could you do? Mm-hmm. Like I agree with, hundred percent agree with you. The players failed this organization this year. Yep. There's no question about it. Tyler Toffoli, great player, love the way he plays. He cannot be your leading goals. He cannot be your leading scorer. Mm-hmm. I mean, thirty-four goals, thirty-nine assists, great season for him. That's what you expect from Tyler Toffoli. But that can't be your best. It cannot be your best. Elias Lindholm needs a better year next year. Huberto needs better. Kadri really needs to be better. Those guys are here for a long time. Mm-hmm. So they better. Or this team's not gonna go anywhere. And um there's one thing like I'll give them because Florida if Florida if Pittsburgh could have beaten Chicago, Florida's not in the playoffs. Yeah. If Calgary could have won two more games, they would have been in the playoffs. I know I don't like to play what if games and stuff, but seventeen overtime losses, win two of those. Wow, 
win three of those. Win just just win those. You're in the playoffs. Me personally, if Calgary's in the playoffs, they might be still playing right now. There's a chance. Mm-hmm. Not saying they would, but I would not have wanted to play against Calgary in the playoffs. I was like, I would have been nervous. I was nervous, not nervous, because I didn't really care about the matchups out west. Like I wasn't cheering for a specific team, but like if I was Vegas. I would have been a lot more nervous to have to go to Calgary than to Winnipeg. So, Calgary, I, I believe, I'm trying to remember, I should have looked this up before, but I believe Calgary played Winnipeg with like two weeks left in the season and Winnipeg won. Like, you've got to go win that game. And so, that's what I mean. Like, they were so close, and in my opinion, they could, they could have potentially done what Florida is doing right now if they got in. They would have been a tough out. Especially if Markstrom could have gotten his game back, which he slowly was at the end of the season. He started off so bad, and he recovered to bring his numbers into somewhat respectable. I mean, I think at one point he was at a low 800 save percentage. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad at the beginning of the year. But So, I ended up giving them a C plus. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of, a, to me, that's just a grade. I mean, they were so close to making the playoffs, and... It was a disappointing season, but honestly, I I think they're a team. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do this offseason. Like, there's not much work to do when it comes to current roster, like free agency wise. But I'm curious to see what trades they make, what deals they make, what they try to do. Um, their depth is definitely going to have to be worked on because Trevor Lewis and Lucic are free agents. And. Uh, I mean, I'll be surprised if Lucic ends up back there. I mean, he, he still brings an impact to the game. I mean, he's so big. He uses his body. I really like the role he's actually become in this league. He's 34 years old. He's definitely got a couple more years in him. And But I don't think he'll be back there. I'll be surprised if he resigns in Calgary. So they're going to have to work on their third and fourth lines a little bit. But it's, it's nothing to really be concerned about it if I was a Calgary fan. I just, I, I'd be concerned about Kadri and uh, Huberdeau. That they're really, it's really those two guys and, and Lindholm. Lindholm needs to be a little bit better too. But it's really those two guys that really need to step it up next year or they're just not going to win. So, yeah, like I said, I gave them a C+. Uh, there's only one other player I kind of wanted to bring up, and I'm curious to see what you think about it. I mean, Markstrom's, Markstrom's their guy, and I get that. And he signed for a couple more years, but... What do you think about Dustin Wolf coming up in these next couple of years and really making it interesting at that position? I think that Markstrom should be scared, which is a good problem to have. But, yeah, I mean, I was looking at that. You know, I mean, he only played one game, which is, you know, hard to judge against. But a 1.0 goals against and a 9.58 save percentage. That's a good first NHL game. And he's also somebody that everywhere he's gone, he's won. Like, he's... He's put up good numbers. He's he's been somebody that has been talked about, you know, for a bunch of different bunch of different things. You know, he's, he has a World Junior Gold stuff like that. He's really everywhere he's gone. I mean, he had a nine thirty two in fifty five games last year in the AHL. The year before that, nine twenty four and forty seven. The year before that, nine forty and twenty two WHL games. Like just he he wins. He goes and he wins. He puts up really good numbers. He hasn't he had his first pro year, he played three games. He had an eight ninety five. That's his first 
under 900 save percentage a year since 16U. That's some good numbers. That was only numbers. three games, too. So yeah. That's probably, I mean, I don't have, like, game-by-game game stats, but that's probably just one bad game because he went 2-1 in that stretch, too. Yep. So that's probably one of those five goals against games that just killed it. Yep. Yeah, so I'm excited, and, I mean... I think it's awesome that he's American too, and that's part of the reason I like him is because his World Junior run is, was awesome. Um, I I just think that he is he's somebody that a lot of people equated to Carter Hart. Now I know that Carter Hart's like one of those people that some people think he's a top five starting goalie. Some people think he's not a starting goalie. I know that he's kind of a little bit checkered with that, but I think that style of play, the way that they move their body, stuff like that, I think that's a good comparison. And I think that if Philly wasn't such a nightmare, I think that you would really get an idea as to what Hart is. And I think that Wolf could be – I mean, he could come up and play 30 games next year, no problem. And he could – I mean, he could be the difference maker next year. He could take them into the playoffs next year, quite frankly. Because, I mean, I'm look, I look back. Uh, they're – I think this was their – like. Game number 77 or 78 of Calgary season. They lose 4-3 to to the Blackhawks. Blackhawks had 23 shots on goal. And then he let in 4. 4A, 8.26 save percentage. If Wolf's in, if he makes two of those saves... Now, obviously, you can look at numbers and say, you know, they could have been backdoor passes, whatever. I know that numbers are, you know, only so far. But even still, I mean, they had... They lost to Nashville, and they lost to, I forget what the other team was, in a shootout in the last two weeks of the regular season. That's two points there. If those four points go that way, hey, guess what? You're in the playoffs, and then it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't really care about how the goals went in. I really don't. You're playing Chicago in an elimination game. It's the same with <laughs> Pittsburgh. Like, not elimination, but like it pretty much is. Like, yeah. they're, they're two points you just have to have. There's not even a question late in the season Chicago is literally trying to lose and you can't beat them like it, it's embarrassing and that that's literally that's the difference between making the playoffs and not and that's the difference between big time players being big time players and just big time players showing up when the stats matter but not when the game matters so I, yeah I, I think I, like I said, I really do. I, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table next year. And I'm excited to see if Wolf – I want to see him in that lineup so bad. Like, I'm so ready for him to be in the NHL. And um, I, I'm very high on him too. And I'm hoping I'm hoping he goes in there and really pushes Markstrom. Because I think that would help him too. I think that would really help Markstrom. Because, like you said, I mean, Vladar is just – he's just like a capable backup at best. But he can't play more than – 25 30 games like you can't put you can't expect him to do anything more than that so i think to have a guy like wolf coming in would really push markstrom to have to like have to be the guy mm-hmm. and if he's not he's got a what, six million dollar cap hit for one two three more years yeah look to try to move it yeah and give him the reins <laughs> so but i really think they're gonna I, I think having them two together would be really good for the team so yeah, that's my opinion on Calgary. Do you know where uh, where Wolf spent most of his year? Uh, I don't. With the Wranglers. Ah. And you just said, give him the reins. Ah. And I think that that is so funny. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I can't help myself. It's dumb, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't wait to see him in the NHL. I think this is going to be the year that you do. I really do. And I, I think that, I mean, hot take. I think Vladar is going to be starting for Pittsburgh next year, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I could totally see Dubas doing that. Yeah. That's a, but that's a, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but. we have a lot of Pittsburgh talk about <laughs> Sorry, Shane. We love you. We promise. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, I think he's a great goalie. He's going to be somebody that pushes. And I think that he does give you the flexibility of trading Markstrom. I think that it may be a good, good way to get him in. You know, if he starts 20, 30 games this year, then he starts 50 next year. And then the final year, either they just trade Markstrom straight out or they go, you know, okay, Markstrom, you're the backup and you're going to start 20 games this year. It's Wolf's net. I think that that's – I like when teams do that. It's kind of what Nashville did with, with Soros and Pekarene yeah. where it was, you know, they signed him. They, everybody knew that Soros was a goalie. He was the one that's going to be starting in the future. And they kind of – Gave him more starts, gave him more starts, gave him more starts. The understanding from Pekka Rennie was, hey, it's going to be his net. I understand this. I'm going to start less and less and less. And then they got to, and it was, hey, it's it's your net. And here we are. Yeah. But, yeah. Any, uh, any closing comments or anything like that before we close out for the night? Uh, no. I think I got everything I wanted for the Pacific. Looking forward to coming more east. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> We'll move over to the central for the next one, and then we'll work, we'll work our way east. So, the uh, the final thing that I have is I have a a question from a fan. So somebody wants to know who beat Nashville in the 2017 to win the Stanley <laughs> Cup after that Cinderella run. Since we you know we talked about yeah, that, yeah, I know, so, I know who wrote that one. Yeah, <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna answer that? Or do you want me to? No, I'll let you do that because it'll make you feel better. <laughs> oh, it doesn't bother me. It's uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that is a shout out for uh, Mr. Shane France. So uh, you're welcome there, bud. I appreciate the the comment and the the feedback. So he got hit big time in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> to make up for it, I gotta give him a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. All right. Well, that is it for us tonight. Thank you for tuning in to our Pacific Breakdown and staying with us. You can always go to our website, which is linked in the show notes, and you can send us a question, ask us things, give us feedback, all that stuff. We love to hear from you guys. We love all the the praise and, and people giving us compliments and stuff like that. We appreciate all the listens and stuff that goes into it. We have enjoyed doing this so far, and we're thankful that you all have come along with us to do all this. So thank you. Anything else, Kyle, you want to, we get to send out. I'm good to go. All right. Thank you all. This is episode. We don't know yet because we'll find that out later of glass bones and keep, just stay tuned and it'll all make sense. Thanks.